0: SoundBank Bank Mortgage. NMLS number 512138 is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a five o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number twenty twenty eight two oh one. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. I love the case Schiller reports, and I hate it just for this show because it comes out at nine o'clock, which is like right when we start the show. So it's very hard to go over it adequately. Uh, but I do love the report. You got to love case Schiller. All right, welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And it is Tuesday, so we are getting the Case-Shiller report from the month of May. Yes, I understand that August is almost upon us, but we are still looking at May data, uh, housing data. And that's that's why Case-Shiller is good. It it takes him a while to compile it. And uh, I guess bonds are... Loving this report as well, (laughs) or I should say the opposite of that, selling off uh, as the 10-year treasury jumps this morning. So we're going to talk about Case Shiller at least as much as we can, and then we'll talk about some housing inventory, and of course, we got a very busy week ahead of us. Uh, Later today, we're getting consumer confidence, and then also, or I should say, and then the week really kicks off on Wednesday with the Fed decision. And then on Thursday, we're getting GDP data from the second quarter, first look. And then on Friday, inflation data, the big PCE report, the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. So busy week. And this is really kind of the kickoff point. So let's start, of course, with the case. I almost said core logic, the Case Schiller report which of course is the S&P CoreLogic Case Schiller US National Home Price NSA Index and it showed that home prices rose 0.7% that seasonally adjusted in May that is up from April's 0.5% rise and I have not had time to look at the the months prior <laughs> unfortunately you know you still don't have the time to do that uh that's a pretty big jump uh, almost one percent as things kind of started cooling off you know spring is normal picked up so month is sort of the uh, or i should say may is sort of the end as we all know of spring uh maybe not officially but it kind of feels that way and so usually that's kind of the last hurrah so i think most would argue that june's probably going to be a slower Report uh, year over year, home prices fell 0.5 percent. That is actually down from where we were in April when they were down 0.1 percent. That was the first time since 2012 that Kay Schiller showed home prices down year over year. So, even though we got a positive number, just because of the way the year over year calculations work, we did see that number increase to 0.5%, but we're talking about 0.5%. Now, what is it's weird, when it comes to Kay Schiller, they don't actually look at the main index, kind of like PCE. PCE, the economists make a prediction on core. They do not make a prediction on the headline number, and that's true with K Schiller. So they look at the 20-city index, and things were better than they were projecting. They were projecting a 1.2% month-over-month increase while year-over-year home prices would dip to 2.2%. What actually happened was a smaller month-over-month increase of 1%, but a smaller drop, only 1.7%. So I would say, all in all, a pretty good housing report when things are supposed to fall more and they don't, uh, that's... A good sign. Well, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. It's kind of like these employment reports where it's like, oh no, we're creating 300,000 jobs. <laughs> like, that's bad. Yes, it is now because we're trying to get inflation under control. Now, in the latest Case Shiller report, looking at the major metro areas, Chicago, Cleveland, and New York reported the highest year-over-year gains among the 20 cities with Chicago moving up to the top spot with a 4.6% year-over-year price increase while Cleveland came in at number two with a 3.9% increase and New York entered the top three at 3.5%. Now, that's, I wouldn't say extremely different from what we saw in May, or excuse me, April. In April, Miami, Miami, held the top spot for the ninth straight month with 5.2% increase year over year. Chicago was number two at 4.1%. And then Atlanta was number three at 3.5%. So seeing kind of a a big slowdown in the fact that Miami, which was number one for almost a year, Completely fell out of the top three. That's, I mean, there's some stuff going on in Florida that I'm kind of surprised we're finally just seeing in the data. Oh, and by the way, I think Chicago. This does kind of line up with what we saw from the latest CoreLogic rental report. I think Chicago saw the highest year-over-year rent increases. So, Chicago, Chicago, coming back? I saw someone on Twitter today talking about Chicago. Saying how much more affordable Chicago was compared to New York, and you know, it being a kind of a similar, you know, kind of like a big city, a lot going on there. But then again, a lot of reports. Was it this weekend? Like twenty-two people got shot in Chicago. <laughs> you got a kind of a crime issue. You got it being more affordable. Maybe that's why it's more affordable. But Chicago coming back—that's the big question. Looks like there's some evidence. That that might be the case. Some people are like, yeah, you know, if I can get an extra thousand square feet, I'll deal with some gunshots in the background every once in a while. So the uh, overall case Shiller report appears on first glance. That's all we have this morning to be better than expected. And it was funny. There was this article in Bloomberg yesterday in which they were talking about how the housing market is frustrating the fed because <laughs> i i mean you know i like to make fun of the crash bros a lot because it's just it's fun it's it's easy to do because they're so wrong but you almost feel bad for them because who would have thought that mortgage rates jumping from 2 and 3 quarters to almost 7% or over 7% would not have caused home prices to drop 10-20% I mean, that's just an insane increase. And it didn't happen. And it's, you know, obviously the lock-in effect, I think is having a much bigger impact than the Fed thought in the fact that volume has just come to a standstill. And so I don't think they projected that. (laughs) I don't think anyone could have, uh, that it would have that much of an impact and that many people refied during that time period, during the pandemic, which put them in a position where it didn't make sense for them to move on top of the just crazy equity that people have built up in their homes, which means prices have skyrocketed, which really made no sense. I mean, for someone to go from a $250,000 mortgage at two and three quarters or 3% to then try and buy a similar house now at $400,000 $400,000 at a 7% mortgage. They're going to go, nope, nah, you no. Know, maybe we'll just we'll do some renovations here. We'll do something. So um, the housing market's frustrating the Fed. And this is the evidence of that. That I think home prices are down like 3% from the peak. Like three, if that. And I don't think anyone would have thought that we would have seen a drop any lower than 10 I mean, obviously, some markets out in the West have seen bigger drops. I'm just talking about national. That we would have seen a 10% drop nationally with what's happened with mortgage rates. And so I'm sure this report will be mentioned (laughs) or at least housing and the stability of housing will be mentioned uh, tomorrow when the Fed announces their rate hike, which is supposed to be a quarter of a point. Um, All right, uh, yesterday... Was Monday, so we got data from Altos Research looking at housing inventory and some good news. Housing inventory is up to 479,000 single-family homes on the market across the United States. That is up 1.2% from last week and is now the highest level since the beginning of the year, the first week of 2023. We are now at the highest level since I think that was just under $500,000. Uh, the median price of a single-family home held at 450000 That remains up 11% from the start of the year. And the percentage of homes with price reductions ticked up slightly, 33.7% for the week. Mike Simonson, CEO of Altos Research, said in the release that their prediction for the end of 2023 has changed which is another reason, I've, I've mentioned this before and I will always say it, one of the reasons I like Mike Simonson is because he makes his analysis on the data. And if the data changes, he changes. The famous John Maynard, was it John Maynard Keynes? When the facts change, my opinion changes. What do you do, sir? There are a lot of people who don't do that. You know, They, they make a prediction, like home prices are going to crash. And instead of looking at the data and going, you know what? I was wrong. They just doubled down. It just no, no, no. no. Now home prices are going to. That's why you have people who, for three years, have been arguing the exact same thing, and you know they they said three years ago home prices were going to fall twenty to fifty percent, and home prices have jumped fifty (laughs) percent. So, I mean, they're only off by a factor of a (laughs) hundred percent. So it's they're close. They were close. But Mike Simonson is someone who updates his models. And, you know, you got to give him props for that. Uh, So he said, my guess is that inventory will continue to climb into late August and will look more like 2021 than, say, 2016. We're currently projecting to end 2026 with just over 400,000 single-family homes on market, which is a crazy low number. And he says, we started the year, the projection was 600,000. I mean, that's a big... That's a 33% recalculation. And he's saying, hey, listen, this is what we are now projecting. So they thought we were going to be at 600,000, which is getting close to normal. I mean, it's still... I think a million is what you want to see. That's single-family homes. That's different than what the National Association of Realtors, which uh, includes other properties that are not... This is just single-family homes. So that's why I think the... National Association of Realtors is like two million, and I think this uh, report, Altos, because it's just looking at single family homes is like a million. So they're still going to say we're going to be you know under by about sixty percent. So we're moving in the right direction, <laughs> just not very fast, and it's projected to then fall off, uh, I guess maybe in the fall season, possibly. Once uh, everyone comes home from summer break. All right, we got to go. Uh, don't forget, later today, we got Consumer Confidence. Consumer Confidence is supposed to hit an almost two-year high. I think January 2022 was the last time we saw the number of what we're supposed to get in about 40 minutes is what's supposed to happen. And then tomorrow, get ready, because we got the big Mac Daddy report. The Fed decision, and as we all know, the Fed's supposed to raise rates by a quarter point. But the big question is, what do they say? What's their opinion going forward? So we will not be talking about that on tomorrow's show, (laughs) but we will be talking about it on Thursday's show. So no doubt about that. Should we do like an emergency podcast? Like after the, after the, I need time to read it. I need time to read it. All right, you guys enjoy your Tuesday. We'll talk to you again Wednesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.